Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Halloween episode. By the time you're hearing this, it's probably not Halloween, though. So it's all about Thanksgiving. Fuck Halloween. Bring on the turkey, the gross turkey that we're in short supply of, which is fine because turkey is highly overrated. Uh, my family, which is mostly white, does tacos uh because my mom makes really good tacos man and that's not cultural appropriation tacos are just a superior food to turkey so don't come at me with this bullshit that we shouldn't be uh taking this fucking tradition and you liberals should be happy that i'm not participating in the turkey slaughter fest right i mean like isn't this what what you people are all about the liberals out there all three of you that listen um i mean come on man thanksgiving is fun much more it makes a lot more sense than halloween i mean halloween is um it's kind of a bullshit holiday in my opinion i used to get a kick out of it as a kid now i don't eat much uh candy anymore so it's not my thing but if you're an adult in your 30s uh 40s especially dressing up i mean dude i was at you know doing my normal job today Heading into a week-long vacation. Uh, today was my last day before that. There are grown men and women dressed to the nines. And I understand, like, yeah, your life sucks. You work at Walmart or you work at whatever grocery store. And you need to do something fun. But if that something fun is dressing up like an inflatable gingerbread man or a goddamn wearing a skirt, or some shit. I mean, you need to really take a long, hard look at your life and you need to fix it. It's a serious problem that we're running into here. But for the Halloween episode, I was very excited to get into this topic and I wanted to release this, uh, this episode on a special occasion, you know, the satanic holiday. It means a lot to a lot of weirdos, right? Um, I found the spookiest conspiracy of all and it's spooky because it's real. So getting in the, the spirit of Halloween, I want to bring to you the BCCI scandal. It's like I said, it's so terrifying because it's real. And these are the things that are in place that are getting so much cover up with like things like the Franklin scandal, the finders cult, um, a lot of other like satanic panic and shit going on in the 80s and 90s. This whole thing came to a head in 1991 under the George H.W. Bush administration. And I'm going to get into a little bit of the history on this. If you want to really dive deep into the history, uh, there's all kinds of resources about the mainstream history here. But what I'm here to tell you about are the journalists that got murdered for trying to dig it up. 
you know, the the politicians on both sides that really capitalized off of BCCI's uh, shady ways of business. And um, for those that don't know, the, the BCCI, it stands for the Bank of Credit and Commerce International. It's got some other fun flirty names that were given to it by, uh, you know, CIA directors that pretended they were really digging into it. And um, again, it came to a head under George H.W. Bush when I mean, this guy was the CIA's president, right? Very, very well connected in the whole deep state, gave that famous New World Order speech the same year, 1991, year I was born. And man, just so much here to dig into. I'm actually going to do the weekly rant under the Patreon, under that $5 tier there. I'm going to do this uh, kind of diving deeper into BCCI and all of their nefarious undertakings. We're talking Iran-Contra. We're talking child trafficking, prostitution, um, bribery, extortion, uh, money laundering. I mean, the list goes on and on and on here. And it's fascinating. Yeah, I've always been very fascinated with how the elites operate. That's why I like podcasts like Tim Dillon's show. Um, there's a few other great podcasts that really kind of like dissect the rich. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's just an interesting, interesting thing to look at. So um, and, and I'm also I'm really surprised how many people aren't familiar with the BCCI deal. There's other banks that had to do with it. And, you know, just like any good conspiracy theory, it's funded by Saudi Arabia. Right. And then the Pakistanis are to blame for some reason. Uh, and then other Middle Easterners. And of course, the CIA gets their fingers in all this shit. But any good conspiracy theory is funded and really carried out by wealthy Saudis. So sleep on that thought. Happy Halloween. Uh, again, fuck Halloween. It's all about Thanksgiving moving here forward. And then I'll probably release the Thanksgiving episode the evening of Thanksgiving telling you happy Thanksgiving. And then we'll be thinking about Christmas and for a week. It will be uh, New Year's as well. Okay, so this is just how we operate over here. And, you know, things have been very interesting in the conspiracy world. Like I said, been digging in BCCI for a little while. Uh, Just wanted to, um, you know, kind of wait for a little bit here. And um, but when I when I talk about the idea of the conspiracy world being so interesting, I want to bring a few things here to you, like the idea of the Italian politicians, which, you know, you know how I feel about Italians, right? The Italian people are pretty greasy, just like us uh, Irish and Mexicans. That's what I am. I'm not throwing Italians under the bus here. Are they shadier than most other races? Possibly. I don't know. But I know that we got like Giuliani. We got Pelosi. We got Fauci. We got all kinds of high profile Italians in the uh, in the government here. And you know what's cool is that you can make fun of Italians. You can talk a lot of shit about Italians because they're a very well-established culture, right? They've, I mean, yeah, they had their, their rough history in Sicily and, uh, you know, some, some shady things like that. But I do have some, some Italian Patreon subscribers and I love them very much. Uh, but I'm sure they would even admit, man, just like I would admit about the Irish and the Mexicans, we're shady folks, right? The probably the least shady people and the people that just need some fucking help are the groups that are heavily demonized, not by the politicians, not the whites. The whites are fine. We're doing just fine. Um, 
I'm not even going to exclude any groups here. You know, we don't want to we don't want to be that podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm not a social justice warrior. So tying this back to like the, the current events in, in uh, conspiracy worlds. Right. Uh, I was listening to uh, Infowars. I hadn't been listening to them in a while, man, because they've been. Just the same shit over and over again. You know, they don't. It's an hour and a half of a show with five minutes of information. And I, I really try hard not to do that here with you. Um, I admit, you know, in the last episode, I said I was a little off my game for the past couple of uh, episodes because of what went down here and just the whole uh, changing in how things are operating uh, on my side. But we're back in the flow. Uh, you know, just released that uh, great episode with the health nut. Um, Troy Casey, we did that recorded it earlier in the week and then i released it yesterday told you you're getting a sunday episode sunday night episode and a wednesday night episode and we're going to stick to that schedule until the next tragedy comes along you know what i mean which hopefully we get some time before that okay uh knock on wood here i'm knocking on cardboard that's the closest thing to what i've got around me it's made out of trees um smart dust is what i heard on the alex jones show have you heard of smart dust have you heard of this shit Smart dust, smart dirt, nanoparticle dust and dirt that not only is going to go on your crops, but it's essentially going to make it so that the entire earth is traceable and trackable. Um, It's an interesting concept if you do, if they are going to get as draconian as some of the nuttier conspiracy theorists think that things are going to get. Where maybe you don't pay your $5 in taxes or whatever you slipped up on. You got some bad tax advice, whatever that may be. Um, and, and yeah, you're, you're out, you're running around. You're, you're on the run. You're on the lamb and they can track you this way, right? I mean, the, the, the nanoparticles in the dirt would be able to say like, Hey, this, this heat signature is coming from over here. Like you will not be able to escape anything. Uh, once it gets to this point, from what I understand, and it has all kinds of other practical uses, much more practical than that. But it ties right into the metaverse deal, right? Facebook just changed their name from Facebook as the umbrella corporation to Meta, which is very interesting. You know, I was having this conversation with uh, Joe from Legit Bat and Ron from Wicked Planet, also Brian from See Through It, but he's not on here much. I don't see him uh, dealing with the conspiracy realm a whole lot. Uh, but he is included in this chat that we do. And uh, it may be up for debate who said metaverse. Uh, Joe was asking a question about the metaverse. And then I suggested that metaverse or tether would be Facebook's new name. Um, I mean, I'll show you the texts. Okay. I'm going to say hardcore that I came up with the name before Mark Zuckerberg did. Now, Joe may feel different, but in my opinion, he was asking a question about uh metaverse okay and neither one of us said meta so you know we we threw on an extra word you know this is the whole thing facebook was supposed to be called the facebook and fucking mark zuckerberg supposedly changed it to facebook you know that was his profound addition to facebook was taken off the word the um and so he takes metaverse and turns it into meta i mean the guy's a genius right and you know how i feel about zuckerberg i just did that episode on facebook that was really, really good. Um, underrated, in my opinion. I think it should be like the top rated episode. It's about 10th. Um, for some reason, you guys really like the satanic shit. Like when I talk about like Satanism and Democrats, I don't know what's wrong with you people, but 
hey, I'm right there with you, though, because I'm very interested in Satanism. And you're going to learn a little bit about the undertakings of these rich elites, um, not so much in the satanic fashion, but just the way that they tick. Um, it, it, it's very different than the way that you or I may operate. And I know that's a fucking big newsflash. But uh, though, in order to be one of these people, you really have to be absent of a conscience. So um, I don't know, just just really interested in the whole meta deal, um, what they're going to be doing, how much in your life they're going to really get. When's free Internet going to be a thing, which I think it's very, very soon. I think within a I mean, conservatively within a decade, we'll be having free Internet. And um, I think a more liberal uh, standpoint on that would be within two years. I think that's not outside of the realm of possibilities is having free Internet for everyone. Um, free phones are next. You know, just any way that you can absolutely not unless you're actively trying. You can't get out of this metaverse thing. We're going in that direction. Uh, there was even this really weird deal where there was a priest, an ordained priest, I think, with the Catholic Church, of course that uh was doing uh you know like meta weddings so like let's say you're a small black girl uh 18 year old black girl probably not even you probably don't even have to be 18 but a young black girl let's say uh and you want to identify as a fucking 40 year old polar bear you can get married legally to a fucking seven-year-old squid uh remind me of the squid game um, and, you know, and there was a priest that would actually marry you. You get a certificate, uh, probably a digital certificate, but a certificate nonetheless. And I mean, this guy came under a lot of heat, but this is the direction that these things are going. And it all starts with the good old fashioned bank fraud, right? This is how it really started. Um, there was obviously some other things before that. Um, but a couple other current events I want to touch on before I dive into this whole uh, BCCI deal that are fascinating to me. We got more false flags popping up. Virginia false flag um, over the governor governal race. Uh, supposedly Democrats were dressing up as white supremacists. I'm not sure exactly how they were dressing up. Leaving the white sheets and the pointy hats aside. Uh, I don't know how you really do that. Maybe just wearing like MAGA gear or some shit. But they got busted. And this is all because the Republicans are supposedly housing the Democrats, but they have their voting systems. They're going to be fine. Don't you worry, Democrats. You guys are still going to win the 2022 uh, fucking what primary, whatever the fuck you call them, uh, midterms. I should probably know that much easier than I just uh, fucking read on that. But so um, that got me thinking, why is it so easy to paint Democrats in this very satanic negative light there's a lot of negative attention to the democrats right now and i think it's very interesting but republicans have been doing some weird shit too and we're gonna i mean bcci really brings that to to it paints such a clear picture of the corruption on both sides and that's why i'm like okay why are the democrats under so much heat right now in this moment in time obviously republicans were and they still are um Maybe it's both sides. Maybe I'm just kind of living in a bubble and I'm living in an echo chamber and I'm seeing this from the way that I want to see it, which is very possible. Everyone is guilty of being dogmatic, uh, especially the people that don't think they are. They're probably the worst uh, at this. Right. But I mean, there, there one one story came to mind when I was looking at this whole thing. There was this Republican 
uh, Rick Santorum. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Very disturbing shit. What he did, he had, you know, God rest his soul or whatever. I mean, he's still alive. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I mean, God bless him and his wife and his poor three kids that were alive. He had a miscarriage, him and his wife, and they bring this fetus home to not only show the three living children who were young, I mean, young, and I I, want to say between the ages like three and nine years old, show the kids this dead fetus and then play with it in the baby's would be room. And from what I understand, this was a fairly, you know, good size fetus, right? I mean, disturbing very disturbing to think of so i don't know i you know this comes on both sides and you never really get away from the nastiness of either side um and obviously you know i'm throwing shade i'm throwing shade at, at democrats republicans and then the italians the italians come into play here like i said earlier in the week i had learned that fauci you know fauci's gotten under a lot of fire here right Now, Fauci actually before the AIDS pandemic, right, which the AIDS deal was something that really kind of put Fauci on the map. He kind of went into hiding, hibernation, political hibernation um, for a couple decades after that. But he supposedly went and spoke to the Vatican before the AIDS crusade started going on, and he pitched AIDS to the Vatican as a way that the religious right could say that this was God's curse to the gay folks and to the minorities because it would primarily target them. Right. Now, how sick is that? This guy going and talking to the Vatican saying, well, we can, we can broadcast. This is a fucking way. I'm sure he doesn't cuss like that, but we can broadcast. This is a way and it would be very good for your church. We can, we can get less people to be gay and blah, blah, fucking blah. I mean, this is a, this is a sick, sick man. And I mean, if he wasn't so evil, I'd actually feel bad for the dude. There's something deeply, deeply wrong with the man. Um, and Pelosi is, is not much different, man. Her father, Thomas de Alessandro, was the mayor of Baltimore for a short period of time, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it was terribly long. But he was very very influential with the black nobility so this is why pelosi has such a strong hold on politics not only from the left global politics she met with the pope recently as well they did the masonic handshake and all this shit which the pope didn't have any pictures with biden which is very interesting and the reason that i'm bringing up the vatican and the italian so much is, of course, you guessed it, because of BCCI. There are some some sub-branches of the bank that dealt with the Vatican. They were actually the official bank of the Vatican for a short amount of time before they got popped. Uh, they got caught stealing a bunch of money from clients. So very interesting. And this this whole way of just the absolute and utter corruption never ceases to amaze me and all that they do is continue to reinvent the wheel. They just change their method ever so slightly, but people paying attention can actually point it out, and it's fascinating. So let's roll into the BCCI stuff. I'm going to give you a brief history really quick. So again, BCCI, it stands for the Bank of Credit and Commerce International. It was founded in 1972, again, 
by some Saudi royals, kind of fingered the uh, Pakistani businessman. Very, very interesting, intricate web of lies. But they served as the bank that was the middleman between nations that really weren't supposed to be doing business together. Um, There's a few examples that I've got here. BCCI had a partner shell bank called Altaqua, meaning fear of God, okay, based out of the Bahamas. But, I mean, this is what's on record. But more importantly, they had traces to Switzerland as well as Germany. And Altaqua was a partner bank to the Banca del Gotardo, uh, which was a former Swiss subsidiary of the one and only Banco Ambrosia, which served as the Vatican Bank before they closed after they were found guilty of stealing over $1 billion from client accounts. And I mentioned that earlier, but it's just fascinating when you see the numbers and you see that the ways that they kind of did that. Uh, I mean, I don't understand how these people's heads didn't roll, man. These people paid like minimal fines and then they get in a little slap on the wrist and then they're able to go carry out business as usual to probably in, in government today. Um, and as a side note, the, the uh, translation is very interesting of that Ambrosiano bank, um, like Ambrosia. I think I actually said Ambrosia before, but it's Ambrosiano, which, I mean, you just take off the N-O, you get Ambrosia or Immortality. And uh, the Vatican being the key to immortality in this sense, right? You know, I like playing around with words, and I just always find it very interesting. Um, but, you know, one of those very interesting examples that I wanted to bring up of, of some, some middlemen work that BCCI was partaking in uh, between countries that weren't supposed to do business, they were, you know, helping facilitate bringing Iranian oil to Israel, um, having the you know Chinese governments work with the United States governments and Russia and all these different uh, governments, you know, you, you always kind of wonder if if China and the United States hate each other so much, why are we getting all of our shit from them? It's not only Nixon, it's BCCI, it's banks like this that really put that shit up front for you. Um, for these politicians, they make it so that there is an outside source. That's responsible for what went down. It's not it's not the government. And you'll see when this whole thing comes to a head, the way that they do it is very similar to when William Barr, uh, A.G. Barr, Trump's uh, attorney general, was in charge when Epstein went down. Right. Uh, William Barr's father and Epstein had insanely close connections. I mean, one degree of separation, not even. I mean, there were they were. William Barr's dad likely actually got Epstein started in American politics. And there's so many similarities with Epstein and how he went down to the same way that these high profile BCCI um, executives went down as well. It's, it's fascinating. And I think that that Epstein was in a way um, our generation's BCCI scandal. Uh, same thing with the honeypots, all that shit. It's fucking crazy. Um, but the records of black ops transactions were recorded in Urdu, which is is very interesting. It makes a lot of sense when you learn that the Pakistanis were were the heads of these banks. But Urdu, for those that don't know, it's a Pakistani language. Uh, from what I understand, all these codes uh, were written in the uh, transactions as well. So not only do you need to know this language that only 100 million people worldwide speak in Urdu, you also had to understand the codes. Uh, massive amounts of education are required just to even understand the jargon going into this. And then on top of that, sort of like manual encryption, right? The old school encryption. 
Um, supposedly the main shareholders, again, Saudis, including Sheikh Zayed Bell, uh, Sultan Al Nayan. That's a very difficult name for me to say. So I'll, I'll repeat it. Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan Al Nayan. Um, he funded the founder who was again, this Pakistani businessman, Pakistani banker, Aga Hassan Abidi. Okay. If you need me to spell any of these out, I'll post them on the Instagram because yeah, these are, these names are, are long and they're confusing. So, and I'm not the best reader. Uh, so forgive me when I'm reading my notes and I'm reading these fucking names that are funny as shit. And I don't know who the fuck these people are. I even had to look up how to pronounce shake. You know what I mean? Shake is a very interesting it's a word spelled when you see it out. Um, but in, in, on December 18th, 1991, just a couple months after your humble host was born, uh, the liquidators of BCCI pled guilty to criminal conspiracy through financial fraud and the crimes that they admitted, the ones that they admitted to included deposits of drug proceeds and laundering drug money deposits from persons attempting to evade income tax. I understand, uh, lying to regulators through docs and uh, creating false bank records. So not the worst crimes. These are white-collar crimes here, right? Laundering drug money, of course, people get killed in drugs, uh, you know, drug deals and all these things. But I hope that you caught the, the point where I say that these are the crimes that they admitted to. There are much, much darker crimes that go down, and uh, you, will, uh, you will learn of such crimes. Now, the bank had an extremely rapid growth in the 70s because of these practices, right? Not only did they specifically target high net worth individuals who were more times than not committing crimes. I mean, you don't really get to these levels of wealth without doing a little backdoor deals, right? And that's fine. I get it. But it, I mean, where do we draw the line, right? Now, they would even wrap more honest customers into tax evasion by moving their money from account to account and essentially give them a spot to hold their money where the government didn't know about it. So it's kind of like, hey, you're doing all this work. You're paying an insane amount of taxes because you're not elite. You're rich, though. Let us help you out. We'll hide that cash for you. And what they did was they took that money that they hid. These people never fucking saw it again, especially if they were South Southeast Asians. Um, this is when Southeast Asia was really kind of hit hard by Vietnam and uh you know they're 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 trying to evolve um and try and build back and uh, i mean bcci was there to be like fuck you are you know what i mean it's it's a very very i mean and this is that's the part that i find it's like where where do your morals lie right do you think that yeah this country that we just went to fucking war with should we allow them to build better should we steal from them because i mean they let's face it they beat the united states right it uh, I don't know. The the you come to your own decision with with the information that I'm bringing you here, but it just becomes very clear that the government not only knew about BCCI's dealings, but they ran the damn bank. I mean, the the, the whole idea that this Pakistani banker was in charge is is kind of laughable, in my opinion. I think that the CIA and Mossad and, and some of these other entities were really running it. I mean, they're kind of the ones behind all of these scandals, just like Epstein, right? I mean, they, they, they point the finger at these people, these fall guys, these bag men. Bill Gates is to one to an extent. He hasn't gotten popped for anything. Fauci, I think, is one. I think that we are possibly, uh, you know, potentially seeing Fauci go down 
within a couple of years. I don't know. I mean, he should. I I don't see the narrative that they're painting if that's not going to be the case. But um, they laundered money for the CIA, the Medellin cartel, politicians on both sides. And this is where it gets good. Bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, Al-Qaeda. And uh, at the time of their closure, more than $15 billion in assets were either lost or stolen. That's on record. There's more than that. There's so much more than that under the black transactions. And when I say black, I, I guess I should refer to it as African-American transactions. These are these are records off the books. OK, I'm not trying to be racist or sound insensitive. These are records off the books. Um, and that's just like I said, that, that that's a small, small amount of what they actually were doing. All the massive transactions, they were black. They were blacklisted. They weren't they were redacted. $15 billion on record. Okay. Um, and this dude, Norman Bailey, who's supposedly, you know, according to the mainstream narrative, uh, this Norman Bailey is a good guy. Um, this is according to what we're told, right? But I mean, who the fuck really knows if he is good or not? I'm not saying that he's not. It's just, you know, the pieces that I'm putting together here, Norman Bailey is not a good guy. But he began tracking BCCI's transactions back in 1981, a decade before they fell, and spotted some serious funding of the Mujahideen, which was uh, bin Laden's group, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And this is when they were there to fight the Soviets specifically. So again, the bank was the middleman for these types of transactions. I mentioned the Iranian uh, Israel oil and all this shit, right? Um, And I'm sure... My 9-11 heads out there have heard that the uh, idea of the CIA loving bin Laden before they wanted him, uh, you know, dead for what what they they tried to pin 9-11 on this dude. And it was clear to anyone paying half attention that he really didn't have anything to do with it. For some reason, he, he took responsibility for it. I mean, if you were to try and explain to a child 30 years in the future that a man in a cave took down these two buildings by hijacking planes using people out of the country that he didn't even communicate with. Uh, you would not be able to explain this to a child 30 years in the future, 20 years, 10 years in the future, right? Without all the indoctrination. So it's very interesting. But this bank helped facilitate the relationship of bin Laden, the Mujahideen, the CIA, and the U.S. government, along with Mossad and Saudis and all these things. The BCCI is the hub for all of these very, very nefarious connections. And they funded the Mujahideen to the tune of something like $2 billion. Now, it doesn't sound like a ton of money, but it's money that I would like. If if they would want to fund me, I would take that amount. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, and one thing I should mention too, since I'm talking a lot about the Middle East, is that the BCCI was the world's foremost uh dealer in petrodollars so they saw the potential in oil uh they saw how i mean it not only was the the present but they knew it was really the future right we're going through this weird little wacky green phase and that's going to change i mean people are going to really find out that green is the farthest thing from the word i mean this is not green we're not what we're doing right now is not green in any way um but I, I find it very interesting, man. And and the way that these guys kind of set this system up is uh, it, it really is thinking into the future and just seeing how low you can go. You know what I mean? And apparently Iraq's American banker of choice between 1985 and 1989 
was the Atlanta branch of the Italian bank BNL or Banca Nazionale de Lavoro, uh, which in turn loaned Saddam $4 billion to purchase arms, essentially perpetuating the Ponzi scheme that was BCCI. And as these Pakistanis pulled money out, many South Asian businesses, as I mentioned, put their money in and they never saw that money again. But clearly old faithful Saddam didn't feel like paying that loan back. So they were taking money from these Southeastern businesses, funding Saddam Hussein under, again, presidents leading up to George H.W. Bush. And this is where the, the puzzle pieces start kind of coming together. George H.W. Bush is president when BCCI falls. Presidents leading up to that, we're talking like Carter. We're talking Nixon a little bit. We're talking uh, some some less than reputable presidents. Uh, Reagan, of course, um, was was present because Iran-Contra plays a, a massive role in this, too. Um, Saddam Hussein didn't want to pay these loans back that the government so graciously floated to him. Because he knew that, yeah, are, are you going to admit that you gave me the money? Because that's the only way that you're getting this money back. And if that's the case, I mean, the world's going to fucking hate you. You know what I mean? Not only the governments, but the people in these countries. Um, so, I mean, Saddam was was smart. As evil as he was, he was smart. He knew that he was funded. He knew he was secured because he was in bed with the American government and the CIA and probably the Mossad as well. Um, George H.W. Bush is president when the bank falls. Goes after Saddam Hussein because, uh, you know, the CIA looks very bad. And George H.W. Bush holds the CIA in the highest regard. I mean, George H.W. Bush seemed like this dumb pussy. The, the father, Poppy Bush, right? He seems like this dumb, incompetent pussy. He's a cuck, right? Not at all. He was a fucking bad motherfucker. He was tough. He was he was a he was a fucking ruthless dude, uh, just like George W. Bush, the baby, right? The, the son. He looked like this bumbling idiot, but he was in charge when the most elaborate false flag in American history went down. And you can give me all this shit that they didn't know about it and blah, blah, fucking blah. And in my opinion, I think that that's just an ignorant statement. I think that they had to have known something and the way that they pulled it off and the fact that people can sit there and look you in the eye and say the government is too stupid to pull this off. That's because of the narrative that George W. Bush, the son was perpetuating, looking like this bumbling idiot. He was a conniving motherfucker, and he got it done. And not only did he get that done, they went out and they killed Saddam Hussein. They got justice on him. In all places, Camp Justice, right? This is where Saddam Hussein was killed in Camp Justice. Um, What was that, in 2006? If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, that's when this motherfucker was put down. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just a, it's a very, very weird deal that you have the father being the head when this whole bank falls down. Saddam Hussein's one of the biggest guys that really took a lot of money, four billion dollars. That's on record. That's almost a third of the, the money that they had either lost or stolen. Obviously, a lot more. But um, one of their biggest clients gives gives George H.W. Bush the finger, says, fuck you. And then the son steps in to to pin 9-11 again, Saudi funding, Saudi execution, really, or American execution. And they finger some some Iraqis and some Pakistanis and some Afghanis. Right. This, for some reason, you got Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden that you go after. Very interesting concept, something to think about, something to kick around in that noggin of yours. Um, 
Now, there's a lot more, obviously, right? This isn't my, this isn't the meat of the episode. This is just the, the fucking, this is, this is the appetizer. Okay. Saddam and bin Laden are the appetizers. Get ready for the main course. Okay. Uh, there's a lot, lot more here. And you see some fascinating gaslighting come up again and again, again from both sides, right and the left. Um, the official document, which I, I think I'm going to really dive into this in my rant. That will be coming out on Tuesday, the 2nd of November. Uh, I'm going to dive into this deeper, going to uh, talk about some shit that I don't want just everyone hearing because uh, people have literally gotten uh, suicided by shooting themselves in the back of the head twice. I'm not reporting anything that no one said, and I'm very happy with my life. Okay, everything working out for me and my family. So I'm I'm just I'm just throwing that out. Uh, The official document comes out in 1992 senators john Kerry, who's you know very honest guy never never fucking done anything you know heinous and then hank brown and now hank brown i don't know a ton about i asked my father who was you know politically present uh during that time he was paying attention always been uh you know had a had a an eye and an ear on politics from somewhat of a conspiratorial type of uh you know perception he hadn't heard of Hank Brown either. So, I, you know, as soon as I heard this, is, is Hank Brown really the guy that, that wants to do the digging here? But John Kerry's put in place, Yale graduate, Bonesman, good, good friend of uh, George W. Bush. And again, you've got fucking Poppy Bush in the White House when this when this committee is formed, when this John Kerry is, is, is doing work. So, you know, John Kerry is close to George H.W. Bush, right? I think that George H.W. Bush puts John Kerry in place to do this whole deal. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, because 88 to 92, I wonder if John Kerry or if, if H.W. Bush was. Anyway, I think it's safe to say that that this this committee, because the the committee was formed earlier, but the the findings came out in 92. So either way, George H.W. Bush and John Kerry. Uh, were affiliated in this deal. Um, so, yeah, I think that John Kerry was potentially put there to keep an eye on Hank Brown, make sure that he wasn't digging up too much. Um, John Kerry's got that very passive way of being able to get shit done. Um, don't like the guy. Don't agree with one policy that he has. I think he's a big hypocrite, just like most politicians. But I got to give credit where credit's due, man. The guy can fucking hustle and the guy can talk, man. The guy can fucking get deals done. Um, I don't know. So I, that's just a theory that I'm floating out there. But they wrote this report um, in the Committee on Foreign Relations uh, is who they presented it to. And uh, on behalf of the 102nd Congress. So Kerry and Brown here are representing the 102nd Congress, talking to the essentially the Committee on Foreign Relations, Council on Foreign Relations. I mean, same shit, maybe, probably. Now, Robert Gates is the head of the CIA. And he's the guy that came up with the really nice name, that fun, flirty name, instead of the uh, Bank of Credit and Commerce International. This Robert Gates, or Bob Gates, calls it the Bank of Crooks and Criminals International. Fun, flirty name, something to kind of just make you think, oh, yeah, these guys are a bunch of assholes. But what's funny is that Robert Gates is the guy that comes up not only with this name, but he fucking gives all the information to Kerry. He was the CIA's fucking dude, and he was appointed by the CIA's president, George H.W. Bush. 
And, and Gates is sitting here saying that the bank is connected to the Bushes. He's saying that this is a very corrupt bank. The Bushes are involved. The Bin Ladens are involved. The Husseins are involved. He is sitting there saying all of this shit. This isn't broadcasted out. There was no social media. There was no independent journalism to the extent that there is now. They can't do things like this anymore. But Robert Gates was appointed by George H.W. Bush, blames George H.W. Bush. Nothing happens to either one of them. And not only that, but this fucking dude goes on to be the president of Texas A&M University. I mean, the guy goes from fucking espionage to education, and he bounces back and forth at the top levels of both government and education, dude. It's fucking insane. It would be hilarious if this was in a movie. The guy is sitting there talking about, you know, supposedly exposing rape and busting all these bad motherfuckers and then goes on to Texas A&M. I mean, it's just insane. And you wonder why college kids come out so indoctrinated. Uh, I mean, this is why. I mean, the people at the highest levels are very corrupt and they know exactly what's going on. Um, but yeah, again, just just to reiterate the idea of all this stuff coming out under George Bush Sr., he knew how it was going to come out. He probably directly uh, played a role in how it came out and who knew what and all this shit. Um, just fascinating, fascinating stuff. Sorry, I'm solo and I'm drinking water every every so often here. Mm. But Robert Gates also straight up says that the bank was tied to the bushes. Okay. I know I just mentioned that, but we have to, again, look at the gaslighting. What does this mean? Why are they, why are they deliberately telling you this? People say it's karmatic shit. It's one of the rules of the universe that they have to be honest, but there's gotta be something more. I think that it's to, to kind of derail from the, the serious conversations because you can always play. Well, look at this nice idiot. He doesn't know what's going on. The Bush family is a bunch of morons. They don't know what's going on. Right. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. That's, that's the story we'll go with. Now, HW was meant to look soft, as I mentioned, but he wasn't. He was a tough fucking dude. And W was just this, this cousin fucking redneck. Do what you will with it, man. These guys are, are fucking characters, and they play them well. They play them very well. I'm a rich uh, aristocrat, and I do a podcast that gets minimal listens, okay? Uh, and, and not enough Patreon subscribers. That's my role in the grand conspiracy, the octopus, as they called it. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm no Rothschild, but, you know, we're, we're getting there. And I, I think that it's just something, something to, to think about when, what was Trump? What is, uh, what's Biden? You know, the squid game deal came out where the guy, the old man that, that wins the game, spoiler alert. Sorry. I haven't seen it either. I'm just reading about it and people are spoiling it for me, but an old man is acting like he has dementia and he's really like one of the, the elites behind the, the formation of the game. So is that what Biden is? I mean, we, we are looking at Biden like he's this complete fucking fool, just completely fucking up. He can't, everything he touches turns to shit. Maybe they want shit. You know what I mean? It, it seems clear that they do. If you look at it from a cynical standpoint. Um, another thing here is that the mainstream retards out here are busy arguing about Afghanistan 
you know, not so much anymore, unfortunately, but it was a, it was a hot and heavy topic for a couple of days. They're trying to blame Biden or Trump. It was Bush, motherfucker. It was both the Bushes. It was HWNW. No one is bringing their names up. A couple of us crazy conspiracy theorists are saying, guys, it was it wasn't Trump. It wasn't Obama. It wasn't fucking uh, fucking anybody. You know, yeah, sure. Obama could have pulled out because he was the next president after Bush, but they're cousins, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that theory. They're they're related, so they don't give a fuck. Um, I mean, the, the Bushes were good. They were operators, man, and and uh, you can't take that shit away from them. Um, mentioning here. Obama, right? There's this very interesting Pritzker family. And the Pritzker family, for those that don't know, who's very connected to BCCI, they're the founders of the Hyatt Hotel chains, which are known for horrible work conditions. They beat out the Hilton. They beat out the Hilton for, for like unfair wages. They would fire people that tried to form unions, which I'm not a pro-union guy. Um, but, you know, if work conditions are so bad, that you need to get some unions going. Get the fucking union going. You know, I mean, uh, unions are, are kind of shooting people in the foot right now because if the union decides that vaccines are required, then vaccines are required. Mm. But uh, this Pritzker family, man, there's some fucking world-class scumbags. Penny Pritzker, who is the fourth generation. And originally her great-grandfather came from Ukraine which is interesting considering the ties to Ukraine with the current administration. Um, Penny supposedly helped, helped give Obama in his career, early in his career, I believe before he even started, before he ran for president. If I'm not mistaken, now I could be wrong on the timeline, but the amount is spot on. Penny got Obama $750 million, almost a billion dollars, three quarters of a billion dollars either before or while he was president between his first and second term. Okay. Um, And Penny was his commerce secretary. Penny's mother worked side by side with again, Pelosi in their early years in government. So Pelosi is very connected with these people. Supposedly they were licking envelopes together, which is a terrifying concept. Uh, Imagine getting a fucking envelope that Nancy Pelosi licked. These are the horrors. Welcome to the Halloween episode. You know what I mean? This is what it is. Uh, this is why I, I find the shit so scary. Because these people are so connected, man. Um, you know, the Bushes are really the ones that are so synonymous with corruption from the right. Trump is spared a lot of it from the independent media and the conspiracy theorists. For some reason, even though he didn't do a goddamn thing to stop these vaccines, he actually helped roll them out. And he signed a bill back in 2019 doing the warp speed shit. So they made it seem like, you know, these vaccines came out in just a couple of months. I mean, it was in the works since 2019. So, um, I mean, look this shit up if you don't believe me. Um, a lot of people are still holding on to Trump, and I think that's very dangerous. It's very scary. He could come back and and literally become a dictator. Um, and I don't I hate sounding like a fucking liberal by saying that but we got to admit that the liberals were right about some things you know the liberals are right sometimes just like crazy conservatives are we're all right at some point um and we're also wrong a lot and i will say that the liberals have been wrong a lot more than they've been right um 
just just some crazy shit here. So more more on the uh, the dirty deeds of uh, of Miss Miss Patty here, uh, Penny. I'm sorry, Penny Penny Pritzker. Um, she believes she's a serial entrepreneur, which I got to give her respect. Uh, but she's done some heinous fucking shit. They they've you know allegedly big time allegedly killed people for trying to come out against them. Uh, it's like seven of the siblings are on the Forbes list, um, Forbes billionaire list specifically. So, you know, these are no, no girl scouts by any means. And they're, uh, they're affiliated with the highest levels of BCCI and BCCI also like Epstein. I keep drawing the comparisons here. They had a serious honeypot operation going on called the special protocol department. And this is the disturbing shit. Okay. We may be in the Patreon portion now. I'm not exactly sure how long we've been going, but, um, this is, this is the dark shit, man. This is what human trafficking comes in. Um, you can see John Kerry's investigation. It's online. You can just type in BCCI fraud or BCCI scandal on DuckDuckGo. And, uh, this report from John Kerry's commission or committee will pop up pretty early in your in your results and you just click it, you can just read through it it's a fairly short quick read uh talks about contra talks about um the the major bullet points uh which again i'm going to talk about that in the patreon i'm going to talk about some other shit that i found that was that was very interesting too um but john Kerry's investigation shows that this special protocol department supplied high profile clients with hookers and children to rape or kill in the uh documents words especially teenage virgins okay epstein shit epstein is the word of the day can i get an e-p-s-t-a-i-n i think is how you spell it okay uh this is this is the, again reinventing the wheel is all these people do dude and this department it was a uh a zafar ekbal um, he would inspect these 12 year old and younger girls for, uh, you know, like these high end clients, and they would bring 50 or more at a time to department stores in Abu Dhabi uh, for outfitting them, dressing them up. They didn't need to be groomed because they were already apparently dancing kind of scandalously. Um, and they would take them to these these dance parties. Uh, it sounds like an orgy party to me. But instead of, you know, adults, consenting adults that are just trying to get drug money or whatever, these are rich scumbags and uh, minors. And this was in the famous diamond district of uh, of uh, of of Dubai. Um, So, yeah, just weird, weird coincidences that we have going on here. Weird circumstances. Jimmy Carter, who is oftentimes considered to be one of these very innocent uh, he's the only president that's not related by blood to all the other ones, according to that high school girls report that so many people have talked about. And Trump wasn't around until after that report came out. So I'd be interested to see where he lays on this whole thing. But Jimmy Carter um, and Cy Vance went to Pakistan and rather than being hosted by the government of Pakistan on their docket it or on the records of the trip, it shows that they were hosted by the special protocol department and BCCI was also the largest lender. Get this. BCCI was the largest lender in Carter's peanut farm that he had to uh, essentially give up before or uh, while he was president. I believe he got it back afterwards. Uh, But yeah, BCCI is funding this dude. So 
Um, and Cy Vance is another guy. I'm not sure if I mentioned him, but he was, his, I believe, Secretary of State. And his son, uh, Cy Vance Jr., is the mayor or governor of some shit state. I forget what it is. Uh, just another fucking scumbag riding his daddy's coattails. Um, Paul Volcker was Fed chairman for most of uh, BCCI's existence and paid no attention to what concerned members of the finance world uh like like this sydney bailey express and sydney bailey seems like he's on the up and up i i just feel like these people are all actors man i understand why people get blackpilled you know i i get it i get why you may not give a fuck about any of this shit because it's like what can we do um but paul volcker was was like i said fed chairman didn't give a fuck didn't do any investigating and it seems obvious at this point that these guys weren't complicit but they were aiding in the criminal nature of BCCI. Uh, there's a, a really, really great character as well in this whole thing named Clark Clifford. Major Washington insider before politics uh, was, was really something heavily followed by a bunch of dummies like me. Um, he was indicted with this law partner of his named Robert Altman back in 92 when the whole uh, you know scandal came to fruition. And he gave advice for two generations of presidents. Think about like a Roger Stone or a John Podesta or one of these major, major figures, the deep state, right? The deep state. Clark Clifford is the deep state. Um, starting back in the Truman era, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I, and, and if, uh, again, if I'm not mistaken, he died back in 1997 or 98. Um, natural causes probably should have been fucking, you know, we'll we'll leave it at that but uh i mean just just sick sick shit that that these people are facilitating some of the most corrupt money laundering pyramid ponzi schemes in history this is the biggest one on record um fire festival may be up there now too but uh you know there's and there's some interesting and enron i mean enron was a huge deal too it, it fucking ruined the country so i know at the time bcci specifically speaking of banks uh this was the the largest in history from what i understand um and people may see these maneuvers by the elite as like savvy or whatever right like i actually don't really care if the rich get richer as long as the poor aren't getting poorer which you know uh, duh it's kind of like a give and take like the rich can't get richer if the poor get 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 richer but I think everyone, uh, you know, a rising rising tide raises all ships, whatever the fuck that saying is. But, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with the rich getting rich. I think that to a certain extent, people take risks. They do certain things. Uh, in some cases, they are savvy and they make moves. Right. But when it gets to a certain point and their massive fuck ups have to be covered by you and me. The average taxpayer making five or low six figures a year, even upper six figures, man. A million dollars doesn't go that far these days. You know what I mean? I'd love to have some of that. I'm going to add a couple zeros on my account. Um, Not enough Patreon subscribers at this point. But, you know, someday I've got faith uh, in my craft and my savviness. Uh, <laughs> but at what point do we draw the line between like, okay, yeah, this dude's savvy or, or this dude's corrupt or this woman, right? This person, this Zer is corrupt or savvy. It's, it's a shame, man. And it does suck that 
there's so much opportunity and so much abundance in this world, but these freaks, these lizard people that literally have reptile brains. I don't know if they're actually lizards. I don't know if they morph into lizard people, but uh, they have lizard brains, instinctual thought, more, 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 fuck, shit, piss, eat, come, sleep, drink, more, right? I mean, that's that's all that they think. Um, now, no great conspiracy would be complete without a connection to the Clintons. That's right. America's sweetheart family. Body count may have just grown with Alec Baldwin. Who knows? I'm not saying it did. I'm not saying it didn't. This is all alleged. But this part's not alleged. This Jackson T. Stevens provided uh, Bill Clinton's campaign with a $3.5 million line of credit. Uh, I believe back when he was running in 92, if I'm not mistaken, uh, $3.5 million um, when no one else really would. And this was through, uh, I mean, this was the largest line of credit that he got, uh, largest financiers was this Jackson T. Stevens. And this was through Arkansas's law firm, Rose Law Firm. And guess who worked at this firm? Guess who was a partner? Hillary Rodham, Hillary Rodham Clinton was partner at Rose Law Firm to help BCCI acquire First American Bank. So Rose Law Firm out of little old Arkansas. Well, I almost said Arkansas, Kansas. Uh, Arkansas is a weird word to spell, man. You said Arkansas, Arkansas. Um, This Rose Law Firm helps BCCI expand, acquire a massive bank, um, so if you're wondering why Clinton Clinton didn't didn't lock these these people up and and really go after the more nefarious undertakings of what went down cuz yeah the bank went down the bank got popped but again the people paid a tiny tiny fraction of what would have been owed and a lot of these people you probably could have gotten for like some mass I mean like life sentences uh I I don't know where the the line could be drawn uh, in how far you can pursue the punishments because these guys did some horrible things. They perpetuated wars. They, they, I mean, you could go as far as saying that they're responsible for nine 11, um, say that they're responsible for the massive amounts of killing in the middle East. They facilitated it. They paid for it. They, they were the middleman, uh, in between enemy nations. Um, so yeah, uh, why didn't Clinton go after them and, and do more digging? because he was already in bed with them before he even knew he was in bed with them right so he couldn't do shit and uh he knew that you know bcci went to support clinton uh probably around the time that he was in bohemia grove when uh when they when henry kissinger decided he would be president and henry kissinger is a fucking player dude um i need to do an episode on that motherfucker because that guy he's hated by a lot but uh man the guy gets shit done i think he's met with every president since like fucking I want to say Truman. I'm not 100% sure, but I mean, if there is a lizard person in this world, he is one, okay? Henry Kissinger. Uh, you may be in my next episode, sir, so don't come after me. I respect your work. Um, dead reporters. This is what I'll, what I'll end off on here. Dead reporters. Any good scam, any good scandal by perpetuated by the government has a little trail of dead reporters in its tracks. And there's only a couple here that I felt were worthy of mentioning. I'm sure that there's quite a few. Hopefully my name's not added to the list. 
Um, but in all seriousness, it won't be. I'm not, I'm not big enough, uh, for them to come after. So don't you worry your little heads. Subscribe to the Patreon. Okay. Uh, Danny Casarno, uh, Casalaro, Danny Casalaro. He was found dead in his West Virginia Sheraton hotel room in a bathtub with massive cuts on both arms, like down to the tendons deep. And, you know, they were going down the road, not across the street. He did it the right way. But my thing was it was both it was both arms down to the tendons. Unless you had some sort of machine doing this, one arm wouldn't be strong enough to do it after you cut so damn deep. Um, he was in a bathtub, which is very symbolic. Um, you know, usually those that's a sign to the media. That's a sign to uh other politicians other power players that yeah this was uh this is us like washing our hands of this person or so to speak right um but this danny casalaro by the way i, I should mention th- this room in the sheraton it was uh room 517 517 which adds up to 13 okay you know my my numerology is mediocre at best but i find it fascinating when things like this line up uh, 13, of course, being the, uh, you know, infamous unlucky number. And, you know, you can see the pictures of this dude online. If you wish, very graphic, just type in his name. It'll pop up Danny Cas- Casalero. Um, you probably use duck, duck, go. But, uh, what was very interesting is that the very last entry in his notebook or his journal was to call one of the authors of The Outlaw Bank, which was a novel or a, a, a I don't know what you call it, expose book about BCCI. Again, The Outlaw Bank. I would love to read it. I need to get my hands on that. I'm sure it's been edited heavily, but I, I'm very interested to know uh, what, because a lot of my information comes from like cliff notes of this book. And uh it is kind of interesting that he killed himself in the way that he did if he did because he his family said that he had a massive like irrational fear of blood so i don't know if he was just trying to face his fears before he died um but you know i don't i don't think that if he was going to do that he would want to cut himself and then see all the blood you'd think he'd shoot himself uh west virginia i'm sure it's not tough to get a gun out there i don't know you tell me but you guessed it it was ruled a suicide so I mean, it's not as as conspicuous as the, uh, you know, blood in the fucking two shots in the back of the head. But there were towels that were used to wipe up some of the blood um, shoved underneath the sink. There was footprints, uh, different size footprints than his own uh, in the uh, in the blood patterns on the floor. Uh, signs of others in the room, things like this. So rule the suicide. I would uh, I would fact check that. Anson Ning, uh, Financial Times journalist who was killed in Guatemala, and he was shot with a suppressed pistol. Because, you know, if you want to kill yourself, if you want to commit suicide, you don't want it to hurt your ears, right? You want to make sure that it's silent. You want to make sure that no one knows, okay? Uh, he was only shot once. And I don't even know if they ruled this one a suicide. He was killed in Guatemala. There was some, some weird shit going on uh, at the time of his death there in Guatemala. Um, but again, towel wrapped around the dude's head. I don't know how the fuck you wrap a towel around your head if you did kill yourself or if someone goes and shoots him, why they would wrap a towel around his head. Weird shit. Maybe it's a ritualistic deal. I'm not sure. Um, but 
his uh his notes on bcci were never found and he had communicated with friends that he had kept these notes on the bcci shit uh again financial times journalists communicated with other journalists obviously through financial times and, and outsider journalists uh no one ever found his bcci notes which were you know that's a point of contention with this whole deal so list of people that are dead well everybody scratching the surface here on bcci and all their shady shit in the patreon portion patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast gonna get more into the funding of cartel death squads is crypto emulating bcci the sandstorm report as well along with bcci's strategy to infiltrate the u.s banking system which spoiler alert they were successful gonna give you a little more on trafficking and prostitution and all of the information in the patreon portion is based off of this long ass report from john Kerry and hank brown who are senators in the 102nd congress check it out patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast